You have to put the work in. You have to be 100% personally responsible for your outcomes, but you cannot do it alone. The Thinking Yourself into Exponential Results series on the podcast comes to you every Saturday morning and takes what we discuss in the Morning Mindset Club, compiles it into one easy to access recording and gives you some killer bonus content at the end that's not to be missed and only available here. So let's dive right in. Let's get started with this last paragraph in the chapter on imagination. Ideas are intangible forces, but they have more power than the physical brains that give birth to them. They have the power to live on after the brain that creates them has returned to dust. This is so important. He gives an example of Christ and Christianity. So Christ is no longer alive, but Christianity with its big idea of do unto others as you would have others do unto you has lived on, has taken on a life of its own in Christianity and in that religion. And that is the case with all world religions. They started with ideas and they have lived on beyond the person who originally shared that idea. And that is the same with capitalism and socialism. So those were ideas that have lived on beyond Adam Smith and Karl Marx, right? They, they've continued. It's a big idea. Or you could look at the, the Constitution and the ideas that, that really gave life to the United States of America. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That was an idea that someone wrote down and it has lived on beyond that person. Live free or die in the revolution, right? All of these are ideas that have lived on. Ideas are powerful. They're intangible, meaning they are not something that you can hold in your hand, but they certainly have force and they certainly have effect. What idea are you going to bring forth into this life, into this world. Today I gave you examples of philosophies, ideas that are philosophical. That might be a great place for you to spend some time thinking. What is your philosophical stance? What idea do you stand for in your life and your business? You can believe in a lot of things. You believe in live free or die and do unto others as you would do unto yourself, right? You can have more than one belief in this world, but if you were to claim the thing in your business that is your stance, your philosophical stance, in your business, in your life, in your career, what would that be? last piece in this chapter on imagination is the following. Hill writes, success requires no explanations. Failure permits no alibis. So powerful. Let me read it again. Success requires no explanations. Failure permits no alibis. Success requires no explanations. You did the work. You worked according to the law. There's no justification that you need to make to explain your success, why it worked. It's working according to law. Okay, it does not require an explanation. 
you don't have to explain yourself or your success except by saying, I worked according to law. I did the work according to law. And this book is laying out some of the principles on that. There are other specific universal laws that I teach that you might want to explore as well. So then Hill says, failure permits no alibis. What that means is so important. This is the really critical part of this. No excuses. Do not live an excuse life. Do not rationalize why you did not succeed. Do not rationalize why you stopped. Do not come up with alibis, explanations, excuses. They might make you feel good in the moment, but that does not change the outcome. Failure, if you do not succeed, failure doesn't accept your excuses, does not go, oh yeah, well, you were a little bit tired. That's okay. No, you still failed. You still did not get up with determined effort to do the thing that you needed to do in order to have the success that you wanted. Failure accepts no excuses. You have to do the thing. Now, if you start doing the thing, you can succeed. Don't quit. Failure doesn't accept excuses, which means if you continue, if you learn from your mistake and you don't quit, you will have success. That temporary failure is only temporary. Success works according to law. Go do the thing that you need to do. What do you need to do today to have success? Go do that. It could be small. It could be some small consistent action that you must take, or it could be big, something big that you're resisting that you know you need to go do. Go do it quickly. Failure permits no alibis. Let's get started with chapter seven on organized planning, the crystallization of desire into action, the sixth step towards riches. So you've got to have a plan. This is your next step. You must have a plan to get you from where you are now to where you want to be. So you have your goal, you have your dream, you have your desire, you have decided upon it, you're imagining it, you're playing with that idea, and then you have to say, how am I going to get there? There is a point where you must talk to yourself about the how. Deciding on the goal is not when you think about the how, but now, now that you've decided, now that you've committed, now that you know that you're doing it, you must think about well, how am I going to get from where I am now to where I want to be? And you need a plan for that. Now, the plan does not need to be mapped out in all extraordinary, intricate detail. You need a high level plan, something that is enough of a course to follow that allows you to get started right now. So this is not about overthinking. This is not about over planning. This is not about over researching. This isn't about analysis paralysis. This is about following that intuition and figuring out, okay, what would my first step be? What would my second step be? What would my third step be? And creating a plan for yourself. Hill says in chapter two, you were instructed to take six definite practical steps as your first move in translating the desire for money into its monetary equivalent. One of these steps is the formation of a definite 
practical plan or plans through which this transformation may be made. So that plan needs to be definite, meaning it needs to be clear. You need to be able to point to the different steps. You need to be able to write it down. So do you have a plan? Question number one. Question number two. Is it definite? Is it clear? Is it decided, right? Is it outlined? And three, is it practical? It has to be a practical plan. If it becomes too pie in the sky, it's it's not something that you can follow. And if it becomes too detail-oriented, it's not going to allow you to move quickly enough and it's going to get you hung up in perfectionism and the details that aren't necessarily important. So it needs to be practical. It needs to be something that you can follow easily and do and not be something that's so complicated that you couldn't possibly execute on it. Okay. So ask yourself those three questions as you get started today with your plan. And then we will jump into further information on organized planning in the remainder of this chapter. We're going to take a quick pause in the teaching to tell you about the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit, a powerful way to scale up and create consistent cash flow in your life and your business. We'll come right back to the teaching in less than a minute, so stick with us. The Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit is a three-day virtual event designed to help you break through your subconscious blocks and self-sabotaging behavior that keeps you playing small and not consistently making the money you desire or achieving your big goals and delightful life. This is what I had to do when I made my big quantum leap, going from making 138 to 700K in one year then crossing the seven-figure mark. It's time for you to do the same thing. Eliminate the confusion, master your mindset, and get the exact methodology required to scale up your business and your life. Go to theunstoppablewoman.com slash summit to grab your ticket now before we sell out. I can't wait to help you experience a true income breakthrough as well. I'll see you there now. We'll get back to the teaching. We are in the chapter on organized planning. And next up, Hill speaks quite a bit about the mastermind group or the mastermind alliance. He says, and he has a whole chapter on this later, but this is just touching on the subject. He says, no individual has sufficient experience, education, native ability, and knowledge to ensure the accumulation of a great fortune without the cooperation of other people. Every plan you adopt in your endeavor to accumulate wealth should be the joint creation of yourself and every other member of your mastermind group. You may originate your own plans, either in whole or in part, but see that those plans are checked and approved by the members of your mastermind alliance. So why does he spend several pages on the Mastermind Alliance and then go on to have a whole chapter on it later in this book? You may want to think about that for a moment. Why would he give such time 
to the concept of the mastermind group or the mastermind alliance. Maybe it's because it's essential to rapid, massive success. Listen up, folks. You can't do it alone. You have to put the work in. You have to be 100% personally responsible for your outcomes, but you cannot do it alone. You need the help of others. And that's where mastermind group comes in. So there are two types of mastermind groups that you really must consider. One are mastermind groups that you pay for in the term, in the way, in the means of having employees or team. So these are people who are in your employee. You pay them, a contractor, a staff member, an employee, who have a level of expertise in an area that you don't, i.e. the job that you've hired them for, and are part of your if not official, your unofficial mastermind group. Often people don't think of their team members as part of their mastermind, but this is this is what all the big industrialists did. And really what all people who are successful in business do, they hire great people and then they rely on them to help them create and execute extraordinary plans. So you must bring your idea to the experts on your team. Now, of course, this requires you hiring well and working well with people. That's bigger than the conversation here within this this context in this book. But it's definitely something that I work with my clients on all the time, how to hire great people and how to, to really work with them in such a way that it lifts everyone up and allows your cash to flow and allows you and your business to be making great deals of money. So it's a very important point. For today's conversation though, I want you to ask yourself, who is on your mastermind team? And if you don't have people in your employ, think about who your first hire can be. Who can you hire for just even a little bit of money to help you do something so that you have a team and you immediately get out of the DIY mentality, which is such a killer for so many people in business and holds them back from rapid success. Okay, we are in the chapter on organized planning. One of the things that... Napoleon Hill says here is, you are engaged in an undertaking of major importance to you. To be sure of success, you must have plans which are faultless. Now, when I read that, I thought, well, holy smokes, I've never had a plan that's faultless. That's not how I've ever, ever, ever created a plan. That just has never happened for me. And I've had a lot of success. So what does he mean by that? And so I continue to read and later down the same page, he says, if the plan which you adopt does not work successfully, replace it with a new plan. If this new plan fails to work, replace it in turn with still another and so on until you find a plan which does work. Right here is the point at which the majority of men meet with failure. Because of their lack of persistence in creating new plans to take the place of those which fail. So at first you might say, well, 
Hey, you just said I needed a faultless plan. And then you're saying, wait a second, just keep replacing the plan until it works. So let's break this down. The plan that works is the faultless plan, but you will not know that that is the faultless plan until you start taking action. And this is why analysis paralysis is such a killer for people, where they overthink things, overplan things, over-research things, and never get into action. Because you cannot determine if a plan is perfect, workable, great, actionable, until you put it into action and see that it works. 99% of the time, it won't work. But you won't have known that until you put it into action. So you must adopt the best plan that you have right now and start acting on it. Now, here's the rub. You don't change the goal. You change the plan. What I see most people do is start changing their goals. This does not work. If you keep changing your goal, you will go wishy-washy. You will go a little bit here, a little bit there. You'll never make progress forward. Now, if your goal is still the same, but the plan that you've been practicing, the plan that you've put in place isn't working, course correct it. Make that tweak. Make the shift. Don't put good money after bad. Don't put good time after bad. And yet the nuance comes in because you do need persistence. Things do need time to gestate, to germinate, to take root. So persistence is key. Don't change too quickly. Make your adjustments, but don't change your final goal. And do give your plans time to take hold. Okay, the question for you today is twofold. One, Do you still have the same goal or have you shifted your goal? Go back to that original juicy goal, the one that lit you up, that has you all excited and determined. That's your goal. And then do you have a plan? Do you need to tweak your plan or do you need to stay persistent with your plan? continue our conversation on plans one of my favorite topics hill continues this chapter by talking about persistence and persistence is so key that he has a whole chapter on persistence so we will get to that shortly he says here the most intelligent man living cannot succeed in accumulating money nor in any other undertaking So remember, this goal achievement process is good for achieving your financial goals, but also for achieving any of your other goals as well. The most intelligent man living cannot succeed in accumulating money nor in any other undertaking without plans which are practical and workable. So practical and workable. Do a little double check. Are my plans practical and are they workable? Like if you needed to, could you just start executing on them right now? Just keep this in mind and remember, when your plans fail, that temporary defeat is not permanent failure. It may only mean that your plans have not been sound. Build other plans. Start all over again. This is so important. Remember, if you experience some sort of failure, it's only a temporary defeat unless you quit. 
It only becomes a failure when you quit. Do not quit. Do not quit. Be unstoppable. Do not quit on yourself. Do not quit on your dreams. Keep going. Be persistent. Thomas Edison failed, quote unquote, 10,000 times before he perfected the incandescent electric light bulb. That is, he met with temporary defeat 10,000 times before his efforts were crowned with success. Do you have that level of persistence? Are you so committed that you're going to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and go for it again? Here's the thing. Most people listening probably think they are persistent. But if there's anything that I've learned is that you can better your best. So if you're in one of those places right now where you've hit temporary defeat and you just want to wallow in it for a little while, crawl under the bed covers, complain to your best friend, shut down, drink that glass of wine, turn on the TV, whatever it is, I want this to be a rallying cry for you. God damn it, I want it badly enough. I freaking want it. And you get yourself up and you dust yourself off and you learn how to be persistent at a higher level. You go right back at it. Close the gap on time. Get it done. That's what today is all about. For the bonus content of this episode of Thinking Yourself into Exponential Success, I want to go deeper into the DIY mentality and how that in some ways is very, very, very powerful, but if it's overdone and you do not surround yourself with powerful people that can help you show up at a different level and grow your life, grow your business, achieve the success you want, you will be limited far beyond the power of that comes from DIYing things. So the power within the DIY mentality is that you're taking personal responsibility, that you're going for it, that you think you can do it, that you are doing it, that you're going to problem solve and you're taking the initiative, that you are just going to do it. This is a work ethic that really serves people and you must have that work ethic. If you're listening to this in the United States, you know that our country is founded on immigrants. Immigrants have a really strong work ethic because they're like, I'm going to make it. Okay. And they're going to go for it. Now, part of the immigrant story is yes, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps, go for it, make it happen. But part of it is what's my community here? And who can I turn to that can help me? And that's a great segue to talking about mastermind groups. Because if you think that your success comes from you alone, you are sorely, sorely, sorely mistaken. There is always the help of other people. And you have to acknowledge that. Yes, you have to be personally responsible, but it comes faster when you allow others to help you. Allowing, 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 that is a choice. You must allow others to help you. And when you join 
a mastermind group, not if, because you must do this if you are going to succeed at massive levels. Now, we talked earlier about two types of mastermind groups. One is your team that you hire, whether it's in your personal life or your business life. So your your uh, personal assistant would be an example in your personal life. Um, your family could be an example in your personal life. But fundamentally, and let me backtrack because you're not necessarily hiring your family and we're talking about people you hire. So in your business, you are hiring people. You have employees, you have contractors, you have done the due diligence and spent uh, the time to up-level your team so you have excellent people on your team and you have that as a high standard for yourself. And then you can turn to them because they have expertise that you do not have. You're hiring them for expertise that you do not have or that you want to let go of so that you can scale in other parts of your business. So you're going to want to turn to them. And then the second type of mastermind is the mastermind of other entrepreneurs, other women in business, other women who are going for the same goals that you have. Now, both types of masterminds, generally speaking, are things you pay for. You pay for your your employees and your contractors. And if you join a high-level mastermind, generally speaking, it has been uh, curated for you. And there are some uh, fundamental things that are added to it that you can't just develop on your own. So you're paying for that as well. And in either case, you're making an an investment in your time and an investment in money. Both are great returns on investment. You must understand that this is the kind of investment that's going to pay dividends. Now, how do you ensure that it pays dividends? Well, one way is to really look at your attitude when you are involved in these masterminds. You are going to want to show up in your strength, in your wisdom as a leader, not just as a follower, and also in your vulnerability, asking for help, really being there and saying, I don't know the answer. If you come only in your strength, only in your wisdom, and you are not vulnerable and you do not say, I am open to receiving your help because I don't have all the answers. If you cut yourself off, if you want to just look good, if you want to be perfect in front of your team or perfect in front of your mastermind sisters, you will not get the most out of the mastermind. You must show up both contributing, saying, here's my wisdom, here's my leadership that I can share with you and help you solve your problem, whether that's to your mastermind entrepreneurial sister or to your team members. Oh, you have this problem? I've actually done that before. I would approach it like this, right? Why hold back? But then the flip side is true. You have to be open to one, asking for help, showing up, being visible, asking for help, not being perfect, and being open to receiving. This is so, so critical. 
Many people say, I have to be perfect all the time. I have to show up saying, I have all the answers. And you don't get the most out of the people and relationships you've cultivated. So make that a practice. How could I be more vulnerable here? How could I open and say, I don't have all the answers. I don't need to be right. I don't have to stand on ceremony. I can say, I don't know how to solve this problem right now. This is a challenge for me. And see that as a place of strength going forward. When you show up in your mastermind like that, whether it's with your team or with it, whether it's with your entrepreneurial sisters, and this is something I coach my mastermind group on, and they're, they're, they're amazing at it. We have spotlight sessions where they are completely vulnerable and receive the wisdom not only from my coaching, but from the group. And it's so additive. It's so powerful. They're breaking through their limitations faster than they ever thought possible when they show up that way. And it's a practice and we model it for each other. And then you can go to the next level and then you go to the next level and then you go to the next level. So think about that this week. How can you show up more vulnerable more open to receiving the help from other people. And are you in a mastermind? Are you conscientiously thinking, what's the next mastermind that I want to join? What's the next mastermind? How can I, how can I create that in my life? Because it's a choice. You have to step forward and say yes to that if you're going to go faster than you ever thought possible. Okay. With that, I'm Amira Alvarez. Rock it out, be unstoppable, and I'll see you on the other side. Thank you so much for joining us and for being part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. This special series is a part of our Morning Mindset Club and comes to you here on the podcast every Saturday morning. If you'd like to join the Morning Mindset Club at no charge, you won't have to wait a whole week and can listen to this series in short daily snippets every morning. Plus, you'll get a quick implementation practice and mastery check-in to go along with it. You can find the Morning Mindset Club info in the show notes below or just head over to the unstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club. And as always, please share this podcast with two or three women who are ready for exponential growth and exponential wealth. And if you're game, we always appreciate a review on iTunes. That really helps us reach and elevate more women. Thanks so much and be unstoppable.